Welcome to Soul Inspired Leadership's latest podcast. And today, my special guest is Nick Johnson. Now, I've known Nick for oh, at least, at least over, well over a year, probably 18 months, I suppose. And and Nick's, Nick's, Nick's uh, situation or, or what he's doing really interests me. Um, uh, he's written a book about executive loneliness, and particularly in this current uh, world climate, it's quite an important book. But a little bit about Nick. Uh, Nick Johnson's dedicated, well, he's dedicated his life at the moment, really, to raising awareness and eliminating the stigma around the phenomenon of executive loneliness. He has identified that feelings of isolation, depression, personal struggles that he and himself had had to grapple with, particularly when you're travelling, you're overseas and you're away from family and friends. And that's one of his passions. Um, he's At the moment, he's the co-founder and managing director of the Singapore branch of EGN, which is the Executives Global Network, which I'm a member and, have, and enjoy, enjoy what it provides me. Nick is a passionate about matching senior executives in confidential groups, which which what he does, where they can help each other face the challenges and identify opportunities, and which they do. So uh, I will admit, and I'm get, it's a good advertisement for EGN because I've gained a lot of great, interesting contacts uh, out of this network. So Nick, what what were you, what was the major motivator that wanted it started you to write this uh, book? Ross, uh, thanks for the invitation today. And what uh, motivated me to uh, write this book was basically I've been with EGN now for uh, almost five years. And I've been to hundreds of these confidential peer group discussions. And indeed, they are confidential. Yeah. We don't share any anything outside the rooms. But uh, listening into these conversations, I realized uh, that increasingly senior business leaders felt quite lonely. They felt quite lonely in the way they had to yeah. make decisions. So that's what really ignited me yeah. and sparked yeah. my ideas to, to write this book. Yeah, and I, and I, and I, I can vouch for that. But when, you, when you're traveling, I mean, I coach executives and, and some of them really face some challenges. And it's, it's interesting just how lonely they can get. And, and, and one of them is the fact that they're traveling and they're global and they're overseas and away from family. But I've also coached a few, a couple pop into my mind, I picture, who are really lonely, but they're in their home city and they're still lonely. You know, it's just they get in their little world or their little bubble and it, and it just um, really affects them. Yeah, that's so, right. That's right, Ross. So, mm. Yeah. So what was your major message within the, within the, the book? Well, uh, uh, as I started to write this, basically, I did a survey of the EGN members and other senior executives in Singapore, and, and uh, mm. I was quite shocked by the findings. Uh, the, the findings basically showed that, that uh, uh, almost, you know, 30% had been suffering or felt that they were depressed. That was a very, very high number. That was six times higher Ooh, than the yeah. global average. Uh, and this was before COVID. And then I redid the survey uh, with a similar audience in December last year. And then it was doubling again, 60%. So 60% of the senior executives uh, had feelings of, of uh, being or having felt depressed. 
so basically that then I, I took this forward and I did some interviews uh, of more than 20 mm. of the senior executives when I interviewed them, how they really felt and explained further. And that is really what I then put inside in the book, their stories, their sharings uh, of uh, talking about basically that, how they feel. And you touched upon it there bef before us, they, they feel quite lonely in the decisions, especially in Singapore, where we are a regional hub and many are reporting to US or to Europe. They have a boss in another continent, in another time zone. And below them mm. here in Singapore, the people who are reporting to them are country directors in Vietnam, India and so on all different countries with different cultures and this was another thing that showed in, yeah. the, in the finding that they felt you know to work with all these cultures and different laws regulations is just extremely complex and they have been appointed as a regional head for asia and they're expected to have the knowledge and they're expected to make the decisions and <laughs> that's why that's why they're out here and in uh, many companies from overseas might think that uh, well india is the same as vietnam it's all asia well we we know that this this is not how it is. <laughs> some, you're right there. There is substantial difference, uh, and it's interesting. Uh, I was just thinking when you're saying that, um, and it, and it, what challenges you more in some of the cultures, particularly in Asia, um, where is it? They're not as collaborative. They're more authority, uh, listening to authority, and doing what authority says. So they follow authority more, which puts more pressure on someone who's used to sitting down over coffee, having a bit of a chin wag and a, and a, and a discussion about thoughts uh, when you're more in a, in a Western sort of country in Europe or the States or Australia. But in, in some of the Asian countries, they don't respond to your discussion. They're waiting for you to give them the answer, not discuss what could be the answer. I mean, that's changing, don't get me wrong, but it still is a pressure. And that just that just makes it even more uh, pressurised where everything's on you rather than you, f you feel as though you can share your loneliness. Yeah, that's exactly right. And where I come from, uh, from Ross, Sweden, you have a lot of consensus. You discuss everything in the team environment and get every stakeholder's yeah. opinion before you move forward. But you're very much right. Here they will sit back and wait for your directions. And in some countries, more so than in others, especially... Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, I lived and worked in Vietnam. And if you're not a clear, clear boss who give directions there, it simply won't work. No, no, they just don't respect you. They think, well, that, what's happening here? We've got a dud of a boss. He doesn't know anything. Well, all you're trying yeah. to do is get them engaged and, and be part of the decision. But it, it's, it's but there again, it's changing. And uh, I see that changing a lot more in Singapore who are, who are more exposed to, uh, uh, I guess, uh, westernised type thinking. Um, yeah. But it's it's... I know, I know uh, when, I was, when I was reading a book, uh, some of the things that popped out. And one of the things that um, I could read, read was reading between the lines is the sincerity you have and the passion you have for the loners. And you can tell that, as you, as you mentioned in the book, that you were challenged in that area and you can, you, and you can actually feel it. And that, that's the bit that impressed me because when someone's reading it that's got a problem, they'll be able to relate to, to what you're saying because you can it screams at you um, the sincerity that by which you're writing it not just writing it objectively in a, in a, in a way you're actually in it 
you're in the writing of it in the in the moment. Mm. So it's um, to me that that's the bit that stand that stood out for me. Yeah, well, thanks for saying that, Ross. And uh, basically, uh, the reason then for putting this in writing was really another survey finding, which shows that you know a vast majority of the senior executives, if they have these feelings of loneliness, it's something they don't want to talk to. Uh, the company about they don't want to inform the boss uh, because they're scared that perhaps then decisions would be unfavorable for them and in addition to this yeah. to make it even worse they also don't want to seek uh, professional help because to be seen at the, in the nursery or to go and see a doctor then perhaps you get a medical report uh, that states that you uh, you've seen a, a psychologist and then that might go around in the office and you get a reputation uh, around this so that's basically is the reason why everything is you know under the table and uh, people are not seeking help and not talking about it and that's why i decided to to, to differ and i thought these are stories that yeah. we need to talk about we must talk about it and i started actually ross to write the book about the, the executive stories but then uh, my publisher said nick you need to have your story in the book as well <laughs> so yeah, that's I, why i included well, it the, the, well the publisher is a, it's a good idea because to me that 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 really uh, set set the stories up, right? Because it shows that you're part of the story, and and therefore it's more believable, um, given given the challenges. So you hit it on the head there. It's, it becomes that issue to to an, to an executive is what do I what do I divulge? Because if I talk to my my boss, maybe that 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 well that's in their mind anyway, particularly. Um, maybe uh, that that's going to be damaging for any future career promotions, uh, or maybe they'll pull me out of here and and I get a I get a, a special project job back in the home office somewhere. You know, I'm not quite because they think they don't want to challenge me anymore. All those sorts of things uh, go through your mind. So, what? How did you sort of get yourself out of that? Well, it was uh, actually, and I'm talking about this in detail in the in the book, Ross. Yeah. It was about the first. It was about being yeah. honest to myself and admitting to myself that I had a, a problem, that I had a challenge, uh, yeah. Yeah. and then I had to admit it and talk to other people. And uh, that was the turning point for me. The turning point was to tell my wife what was happening, and then to go and tell a doctor. Then I saw I sought help in a support group. Uh, where I shared what was going on. And as soon as I started to open up and being honest and telling people, of course, everyone was there to mm. help me. And it really went quickly, Ross. Uh, my, my, uh, my health, both physical and mental health, uh, it really turned within a couple of weeks. I was feeling perhaps yeah. better than ever before. So just when you think, you know, everything is over, that's where the turning point is just around the corner. Yeah, and that, and that and that's what I, was, I, I knew you were going to say that. And that's why I asked that question because to me, that's the answer to in the book. It, once you start to relate to it, it gives you more confidence, and start to see that I'm not unique. A lot of people have this, and once you admit that, then you've got a problem. It's like anything in leadership. To know yourself, you got to know yourself first before you know others. You've got to lead yourself first before you can lead others. And it's no different there. You've got to you've got to admit to yourself you've got a problem, otherwise you can't fix the problem if you don't admit that you've got one. It's like, and that's the critical thing. As you say, it's like a older thought, um, a release of pressure, like a pressure valve. It's about to explode, but somehow you've just released the pressure by admitting to yourself and then to others. It takes the pressure and the emotional pressure off you that 
relaxes you then gets you to move forward that's how i read it and that's that's right so, and, it, uh, that, yeah. and, and, and it's a small step uh, but it makes such a difference and it's not an expensive step step to tell someone about it it's just to have the confidence and doing it and that's why ross these days now i'm a volunteer uh, for two different organizations one where i spend a lot of time with people who are finding themselves uh, caught in where I was a few years ago uh, and helping yep. them out by just listening and giving them the courage to actually speak about it. Because if someone can f associate and feel uh, uh, similar like what I did a few years ago and they tell me, yeah. then they can go home and tell the wife and then they can go and tell, to have a talk to the HR, then with a the boss. And before they know it, support will be on the way and there will be an understanding and the whole thing will be turned into a strength rather than a weakness. Yeah, that's right. And it's it's, it's like uh, I, I often discuss in leadership, the more transparent you are, the better leader you are. And the more more humble you are, in other words, admitting to weaknesses, this is just, this is just a challenge. So admitting to your challenges, doesn't matter what it is, the more you admit to it, first yourself, then to others, the more transparent you are, and the more people trust you, and the more people are willing to help. It just comes out of the woodwork. And the fact you're doing that and saying that, that's the sincerity part that I enjoyed in the book, is the fact that you've been through it, it it's still quite um, powerful in your in your mind, the experience. And so to, to get it out and to help and to be able to help others, I see that as um, of great value. Thanks, Ross. And of course, the alternative is to remain secret and silent. And that uh, that is the sad path that some people choose to go down. And, and that doesn't end very well. And that's uh, and it's important when we touch on this topic to, to realize that. And I dedicated this book to a senior executive who sadly uh, died from suicide. Uh, he didn't make it through. And uh, we see this increasingly by people, both senior executives in senior roles, but also business owners and entrepreneurs who just cannot get out of that yeah. loneliness. And it's just so sad to see that when it's uh, the help is so close by just uh, speaking up. Yeah, and, that, and that's it often goes, it's the same the world over and for a lot of different scenarios. You get people to react in some way, either by suicide or by going a bit silly and doing some sort of violent thing that they're often, often described as a lonely person, as a loner. Oh, they're very nice. I'm just a loner, never talk to us. It's that bottling up inside of whatever's whatever your challenge is, is the problem. And it, it explodes in some manifestation of jumping ahead of a building, really, or, or doing something else that's a bit silly. But then as soon as you express it, as, as you're saying, it releases the pressure valve, takes that pressure away, and it just helps you then just uh, embrace it in a way. And then, as you said, take the first step. And to me, you said this first step small, it's small in one way, but massive in another. It's massive because you go, it puts you in the right direction. It may be just a small thing. I just admitted to myself, you know, it took a couple of seconds in a way, but it's a massive, it's a bloody great broad jump. It's not just a little step because it puts you, because it's the major part of it. Once you do that, you're probably on, you're on the road, right? That's you've right. started the journey, but until you do that, the journey's not started there. Yeah. Yep. So, um, so any other, any other final message you want to uh, leave leave with our our listeners? 
I, I think, Ross, the, the key is what we, and we have been talking about it a few times. The key here is to admit to yourself and the key is to speak up. But uh, one final message is also so if, even if you're not suffering yourself, uh, look around you, look at your partner, look at your colleagues, your friends, because we have had a yep. tough years and many are pretty good at covering this up, especially successful people. And I call it in my book, uh, a smiling depression that uh, many people can, uh, hide, yes, you do. Yep. can hide behind that smile. So try to look uh, beyond that and see if the ha some habits have been changing. Let's say uh, if it's a friend of yours who you know is a frequent runner and they used to go for a 5k run every morning, if they suddenly stop doing that, putting on weights, or if you have a, uh, perhaps yeah. a friend who is a young mother and suddenly she doesn't care about the baby, uh, the loss of appetite for these kind of things we hold dear that could be a sign that someone is on the wrong path and the best then is try to nudge them and you know go and have a coffee with them and try to have an honest conversation and in order for them to open up you have to open up first so that's my final tip for today that if we ourselves are being vulnerable to the people around us by sharing something uh, that we are going through mm -hmm. then they will open up back to you and then we we have a, this beautiful transparent com communication there where people will come and talk to us and have honest conversations rather than hiding uh, behind loneliness so that's my final remark yeah, uh, yeah great and that's exactly what i often say we often say in this program it's the transparency and it doesn't have to be that you've got a pro you haven't got a internal pro health problem it could be any problem but the more you're transparent it it engages trust because people then see you do they the feeling and seeing your inner thoughts once you do that then they'll share their inner thoughts and you're spot on it, then you're in a position to help people because without your sharing, they won't share. Uh, and, and that's the key for, for all good leaders is to be transparent um, and, to, and to keep your eyes and ears and senses open for those little subtleties that you, as you just spoke about because you can actually save someone's career or, more importantly, save their life potentially um, by just noticing people. So look, Nick, Nick Johnson, thank you very much for being a guest today. And I I'm, I'm hope um, the people who read, uh, listen to this, this uh, episode, if it registers anything, any, any sort of triggers anything at all, um, the link will be at the bottom of the, of the podcast notes that you can contact Nick. And if you want to reach out to him, I'm sure it'd be welcome a, an email um, if there's an issue or, or you can, find where to read his, to buy his book on Amazon and um, start to, to, to make, take that first step in helping yourself. So thank, thank Nick once again for being on the show and thank you listeners for uh, joining us on our, on our episode today. Mm -hmm.